Welcome to the Vismaski Classics podcast, Usha Tulevi. Vismaski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 35 pro teams. In season 12, there are 15 races in 12 event locations, bringing pro team athletes and recreational skiers together. On this podcast series, we'll analyze the events on the Pro Tour and the Challenger Series, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Greetings to you people out there listening to Usha Tulevi podcast, the Visma Ski Classics podcast series with lots of interesting people. And I am your host, Teemu Virtanen, and today we are going to take a trip down to a country called Estonia. We don't traditionally have that many Estonian skiers in the Pro Tour, but now we have a full team. Team Nordic Jobs Worldwide, and my guest today is the team director and an avid professional skier himself, Mart Kevin Polluste. How are you doing? You're in Tartu right now, correct? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm here home in Tartu. And uh, this is the, you know, for the first year in a while, it's uh, a host for the Visma Ski Classics race, Tartu Marathon. Indeed, we are going to talk about that. That's a return for that race. It used to be part of Visma Ski Classics and now it's coming back. Tartu, it's an interesting great place it's a university city so yeah, but what exactly. would you like to say about your that's your hometown are you were born there yeah i have been living in tartu my whole life so 27 years now and uh, i've studied here went to the university of tartu got my master's degree here so basically my whole life has been here still is and and hopefully it will be the same in the next years so what's so great about uh, tartu I think it's the vibe of the city. It's small, everything is compact. You can get to places really easily. People are interesting. The students always bring new vibe to the city and it becomes alive on 1st of September. So so today is is, uh, is the new birth of the city for, for the you know, school year. Of course, the schools have started. It's the fall season once again, but what is the best time to visit your City winter time, summertime, or does it matter? I think uh, Estonia. Like, last year we had a really nice winter, so it would have been an awesome time to visit. But to to go with it was a little bit difficult, I think. So I would still suggest maybe summer or or spring. It's it's super nice here, and you can always find something to do, depending on the on the time of the year so I don't think you will ever be disappointed in Estonia and also Otepa is very close it's about what 30 kilometers away that's the that's the location for World Cup uh, and also the uh, Tartu ski marathon the start place is that a place where you train yeah of course Otepa is a big important part of every skier's life in Estonia there we have the best roller ski tracks the best training facilities and uh, and all the best conditions in, in winter usually also. So uh, I have spent a lot of time in Otepe. So uh, yeah, it's has been uh, there all the time. And, uh, you know, it's a great, Defendi is a great facility for, for skiers. 
So we will talk about Otepa and your country, but uh, next we will talk about uh, your team and Visma Ski Classics and skiing in general. So, Mart Kevin, your team, Team Nordic Jobs Worldwide, it is a company that you work for, actually, but tell me about the, uh, the team and the company a little bit so that people would know what you guys represent. Yeah, the, I started working in the company and with the team basically exactly one year ago. Uh, so um, last year in the summer, the CEO of Nordic Jobs Worldwide, Rickard Fritzson, uh, contacted me and uh, thought that it would be a nice and cr- a little bit crazy idea to start a team uh, from Estonia because they were planning to start an office here in Tallinn. In, in Estonia so he thought it would be a good marketing uh, option for the for the company and uh, and this is how it kind of started so uh, basically from LinkedIn messages is the birth of this ski team and uh, now with the year we have grown from a smaller Estonian team to now an international one with uh, three different nationalities. We have Swedish skiers, Finnish skiers, and and of course Estonian skiers. So I think within a year we have done a really good job and I hope we can continue on this progressive uh, pace and, uh, and even build towards the goals that we have. And uh, hopefully this all this work will pay off. Kudos to LinkedIn, you know, <laughs> how many, yeah. how many, uh, how many uh, 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 friends or how many contacts do you have on LinkedIn? <laughs> um, now, as I'm working with the recruitment in, in Nordic Jobs Worldwide and every day more and more, but uh, I didn't use it actually that much before. So it was a little bit surprised that somebody just... Uh, randomly, kind of randomly, I think, sent a message like, Hi, Mart, are you still skiing? That was the first opening line. So so the intro or like, was, was a little bit hard to believe, but, you know, now we are here and uh, this is the reality. So it has been an awesome, awesome journey. And I'm really happy that I can share this skiing passion and uh, and really build my own life around it as well and uh, it has been it has been an when you think about it an amazing one year and I'm I'm really really excited on the on this winter and and looking forward to what's happening next it really sounds like a dream come true and uh, it sounds like you have a really good job tell me about the company it's a huge company you have offices all over europe and you just mentioned that you opened one uh, in your country yeah last last year we opened an office here in tallinn and uh, we work with the company started off with uh, focusing on nordic speakers so uh, we helped nordic speakers find find jobs uh, all over europe but now we have grown more into the multilingual uh, brand. Uh, we're working with German speakers, Spanish speakers, and so on. Uh, and also now we have an IT brand uh, that has been really growing. And we see this as a, as a good uh, focal point uh, for, the, for the future. And uh, today they office, opened an office in, in Malta. Uh, so with the it has been a, a really great uh, year for the company, even though 
COVID has put everybody into difficult times, but we managed to scrape through a little bit. I'm really proud of the work that everybody's doing. It's a it's a really positive-minded and uh, and great atmosphere within the company, and the people are working really hard to find perfect candidates for our clients. So what we do is uh, we recruit people to our clients. So let's say a client is looking for a Norwegian speaker to work in Portugal. We help them find this candidate. So basically you're kind of like an agency for speakers looking for speaking speaking engagements. Yes, basically it it is focused on on language-based roles, but it can be also more focused on on actual competencies or or uh, what people can do so it depends on what the client wants to see but of course a lot of them are uh, still uh, language based roles that that we try to help people with so for example if like uh, any of our skiers like Tura Zeedalen or maybe Anders Auglan wants to talk about skiing or do a lecture uh, uh, so you would then have him as a client and then sell him to whoever's interested in buying a session like that, correct? Um, no, usually it works the uh, other way around that the client, uh, let's say a company in Portugal comes in with a request that they need 10 Norwegian speakers to start working in Portugal. So we find the actual people to go to work in Portugal. So we are like the intermediate between and uh, helping them find a stable work. Oh, okay. So you are a job in uh, a recruitment company. That's yes. Okay. Yes, because exactly. when you say speaker, speaker, speakers that mean, I understood that you or thought that you mean speakers that are professional speakers doing lectures and, and, and no, sessions. Sure. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. A recruitment company. Yeah, rec- okay. So you basically, yes. uh, if a company is looking for employee, employees and they need certain employees with certain skills, particularly language skills, then y- you work as an intermediate. Yes, exactly. All right. Wonderful. So your team, um, you mentioned that you have Finnish skiers, uh, uh, Swedish skiers and Estonian ones, but tell me more about your team and how did you, when you put this together, uh, how how did it kind of get started? Um, Well, last year it, uh, the team was formed, I think, or the, well, the initial launch of the team was on the 21st or 24th of August. So we had really a really narrow time schedule to to become an Visma Ski Classics Pro team. So uh, last year it was a trial period or trial run for, for us, but, uh, but we got together a really good group of people and uh, and we did good results also in the first year and uh, the marketing and the brand awareness that we have created for a, for the company and uh, and for ourselves i think uh, we did a good job uh, and uh, and uh, for this year uh, we decided to widen our horizons a little bit and uh, and look for athletes all around the world uh, so we posted out an ad a job basically a job ad uh, that every athlete had the chance to apply for a for a team and i think uh, we got 
uh, in around 50 applications from all over the world, from America to Russia, people from Switzerland, France, Norway, Sweden. So a lot of uh, applicants from different locations and uh, and in the end, the choice came down to the athletes we have now. Uh, three skiers from Sweden, Gustav Nordström, Sofia Lindberg and Gabriel Street, and two from Finland, uh, Veli Mattiräsen and Terhi Bollari, and then the rest of them are uh, Estonians and uh, have been kind of connected with the team uh, last year also. Uh, so. It's interesting how this actually came together to be like three uh, neighboring countries. It was not actually like a plan, but it kind of came, came together like this. Uh, but uh, the selection of skiers was based on gut feeling a little bit and, and uh, talking with them and, uh, and understanding who they are. So of course it's a little bit tricky when you, when you take in people that you actually have never met in person. But uh, now before Allianz Loppet, uh, we went to a training camp. So, and, the, and the connection was really, really good. And the group of people will work really well together in, in the winter, I think. So, that's that's the lucky break, I, I guess. But uh, there was like a interesting. Uh, we we it was interesting to see that we uh, kind of there was a feeling that we had known each other for a long time instead of meeting for the first time, basically. You mentioned Terhi Pollari. She will be our guest uh, next week's episode. Uh, for you guys out there, something really interesting is coming up. We'll announce uh, a good piece of information uh, that you definitely want to hear. So uh, stay tuned for that. But going back to you, what you just uh, told us, I'm kind of interested and intrigued uh, about learning <laughs> learning a bit more uh, about your the, the selection process. Because if you got 50 applicants from all over the world, you mentioned Russia, uh, the States, how did it kind of go? I mean, did you call them Zoom calls, uh, teams co team calls, or what was the process? Um, well, of course, like the initial selection of of athletes was based on what they wrote into the application and then what what was the feeling and uh, and I had to be honest in a sense that it would have been maybe a little bit too tricky logistically to bring in somebody from the United States or or, or even then, then Russia. So we decided to stick with the, with the Nordic countries a little bit, but initially it was not planned that way or like there wasn't any any strict rules or who, who we will bring in. And, uh, so you didn't have a criteria per se, or did you? I... Not exactly. Everybody had the chance to apply, uh, but uh, of course, when you when you compare the different uh, athletes and and their athletic CVs, then then you can kind of uh, uh, categorize them or, or put them into a, a list. Uh, so. We tried to do that, and then called and talked with the people that uh, seemed uh, most committed to the team. I think I think the future plans or the commitment to the team was really really important here as well, and uh, what the athletes could bring to the team, 
not just in their athletic prowess, but like what can they, how will they fit in into this into this team, and how how we will get along. Of course, it's hard to guess or 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 think about uh, just looking at maybe a, a video that somebody has made or a, or a, or a piece of paper that uh, somebody has written down something. So it it is tricky, and uh, in a, in a sense, it was. A blind picking, but uh, but of course, in the end, we talked uh, a lot with all the all the candidates that we had initially selected, and uh, and uh, these were the ones that stood out the most. And and right now, I can really say that it has been a a super good selection of people. Speaking of which, and you had your first uh, training camp. So how does it right right now? How does it feel? I mean, what are kind of the your first uh, impression of your team right now? Mm, as I said, it was great to see how well everybody got along and uh, and the team and the athletes have really high ambitions. Uh, and uh, me as a team team director, I, I was maybe, maybe scared the most that I haven't tr- had time to train as much as possible uh, during the during the summer but uh, but we did a really intense training camp before Islands Loppet and uh, and uh, didn't have the freshest uh, feeling going into the races uh, uh, so it was expected that we will not be in the in the top rankings but uh, all this work will be directed towards the winter so uh, I think Gustav, uh, Velimaiti, Gabe, and Sofia, and uh, like everybody will will be in in really good contention when when winter comes, and uh, we will definitely try to go some uh, some good placings and and some bibs, perhaps the sprint one, youth one, that we will see. But we have a high ambition, so we will give it hundred percent. Uh, when you say high ambitions, what is kind of the realistic goal that you have in mind for individual uh, skiers and then uh, as a team? As a team, last year uh, we were number 20. Uh, so for this year, we have set the goal of being in, in top 10 in the teams. And uh, and uh, individually, I think every athlete has, has their own goals, uh, but definitely top 30 placements and uh, and fighting for for the sprint pib would be would be i think realistic uh but it's always hard to guess we we will do everything we can uh towards the winter and do everything we can to be prepared and ready in in all of the matters and and then just see on the first races where we are like standing what about you uh, personally? You are, as you mentioned, director, but also a pro team athlete. Uh, yeah, I think uh, last year I had the opportunity or I, I won Tartu Marathon. So the goal must be then to defend the win, I think. <laughs> That's a good goal. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this will be a little bit diff- more difficult maybe this year, but uh, but yeah, Tartu Marathon is is the team's uh, biggest goal, and uh, and we want to do really well in in our home race. So uh, we always go out to win, uh, no matter what. Uh, this always, I feel, in sports has to be the goal, uh, and uh, and then 
my 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 goal personally is for for Dart to definitely and then uh, then Vasilopet and Marshalonga. I think these are the three most important races for me myself and uh, and I'm training uh, with the, with the, with these races in mind and try to be better at things that maybe should uh, be a little bit better from from last year. Are you guys planning to do the whole pro tour every single race or are you skipping some? Uh, yes, then uh, right now we have registered the team and uh, and we are planning to be at least some of us uh, on the on the line in in every race. That's a good that's a good goal because it's pretty scattered. We have lots of different locations and places to go. Some new ones too. Speaking of Isma Ski Classics and the last season, that was your first or your team's first uh, sort of step into the uh, the long distance arena. Now, going back or looking back a bit, what would you like to say about that? What were kind of the learnings or the your, your impression on the on the on? It was a bit of a special season, of course, uh, due to the pandemic. But still, your take on Abismaski Classics and the kind of the perks of it. Mm, well, me, I personally have been part of the Visma now for three years, uh, or like. Now will be the fourth year. I started in a in a Norwegian team, uh, Team Sundfell. Uh, I had really good opportunity. I'm really grateful for the for the chance they took on me. They did once again. They didn't really know me, and they gave me the opportunity to to race. And uh, last season, with uh, with my own team, uh, yeah, it was a really special season. And you had to be really prepared to alternate the plans all the time so it was uh, as a first first year for the team <laughs> maybe a little bit tricky to be in this covid situation and all the all the other things that uh, went along with it uh, the restrictions the requirements to before the race and after the races uh, but luckily uh, for us i think we were quite a small team and everybody from the same country which made it a little bit easier uh, with with the COVID situation, but uh, I think we we should be really grateful that uh, that the races actually happened and and there was a season to train for and they wasn't lost on us. Uh, so I think the biggest learnings from the from the first year were that uh, that we need more. <laughs> people uh, on the on the side of the tracks uh, although we did everything we could with the with the people we had and I like I felt we didn't really lack too much of anything we had good skis good service uh, it all worked out but uh, maybe a little bit less stress for the for the people helping us uh, for for this year if we have a little bit more assistance or during the races and uh, logistically, luckily, I have been around Visma Ski Classics before, and uh, I kind of knew what uh, what were the what was required uh, for 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 traveling and what what has to be looked at. Uh, so I I feel like we managed really nicely, and everything was as smooth as it could have been in these tricky times. Uh, of course, uh, we we need to. We are a small team. We need to plan the budget to every single uh, penny at the end of the day. So 
this always affects a little bit the decision process and you have to really calculate uh, a lot of your steps but uh, but we 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 try to be as athlete uh, friendly as possible so the athlete can just focus on their race their result and perform at 100% and not have to worry about anything that uh, that they don't need to worry about do you now have a budget for additional people in other words is your service team uh, fortified now <laughs> no the service people or the service team is is a little bit bigger and uh, and of course we need to rely on a little bit of uh, the love of sport for the for our from our friends and families uh, who who can help around during uh, during the races and uh, this actually is is one of the perks of having a a, a bigger team with uh, different nationalities so uh, we have people from Finland that uh, can help out during during the race in Ullenslevi or or people from Sweden that can help during Vasaloppet and uh, and Orefjellsloppet so uh, so this helps uh, a little bit and uh, and here in Tartu I think we'll have a really good service plan and uh, as 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 we did last year so the team has not expanded too much now and I wouldn't say that but uh, but but of course we we have service uh, like waxing service like we have fixed and so I think everything will work itself out really nicely in in the in the races so since you are the uh, team director are you the one pulling all the strings what I'm trying to say or ask is that are you handling everything all the bookings and travel and all that or how does it work because you're also training and skiing yourself so there's got to be a if you if you do it's got to be a quite a lot of work uh yeah so i i tried like i do i have people helping me with uh with marketing and uh and my friend ergo is helping uh helping me during the winter or he helps the team with the uh, with photos videos and and stuff like that but uh all all, all the rest of the planning is is up to my shoulders but uh i don't i don't see it as work i would say because it's something that i really enjoy and uh, it's my passion i want to help uh, build a build a team that can really be professional and uh, and uh, i for me of course like there are stressful moments when you, when you need to when you need to plan and there are uncertainties that you have to always consider but uh, i i do a lot of things with the team uh, but yeah i don't i don't really see them too much as as work all day they do take up uh, quite quite a signi significant amount of time but uh you know i think uh right now uh, i'm i'm still really happy with the position i'm in and so it's i would say hard to complain when when you can do something that you really love so yeah of course, it, it, it can be tricky. There are difficult moments, but uh, being team director, I think it's the most interesting challenge for me uh, of them all. You guys had the first uh, training camp just before Allianz Lopet. Now we are in September. What 
are in uh, in your plans? What kind of camps, what kind of training sessions do you have for your team before the season starts? Mm, well, since everybody has their own training rhythms and uh, and training uh, plans a little bit, uh, I, I try to help out as much as possible to the to whoever wants my help. Uh, but uh, we will try to have uh, hopefully. A few camps here in Estonia, and uh, and uh, if if the athletes from Sweden and Norway want, or Sweden and uh, Finland want to join, then uh, then this will be possible. But I do not see us getting all of us getting together before uh, Orsa. Uh, so I I believe that we will uh, be as a whole team together for a. For like not the first time, but yeah, the big, the big group will be together uh, in in Orsa a week before that, and uh, and we have we try to uh, do it like this, so we have as as many funds available for for winter, and we can do a really high quality winter, and uh, and uh, not focus too much on 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 training camps and uh, and providing that at the moment because it's a little bit uh, out of reach uh, budget wise for for us at the moment but do you have any kind of a get together sessions uh, digitally do you use any yeah, of these platforms yeah, and yeah so we always uh, try to stay in touch and uh, and share the victories all the good moments in in trainings that uh, some of us might have uh, so that's that's what we want to do and we have weekly meeting or like how to say we meetings every two weeks so uh, bi-weekly i think is the, um, bi-mon- is the word. bi-monthly bi-monthly yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so every two weeks we we get together on on teams and uh, have a chat uh, so we we try to build the group into into one one really family before the season but i think uh we will we will get together in in orsa and uh, and get ready for the races as as a big group there and then, then we will have maybe some smaller gatherings uh maybe some some in some in estonia here and uh, and then people uh train mostly on their own and I assume English is the language that you use, unless you force everyone to speak Estonian. <laughs> yeah, so no, English is definitely the language we use. But uh, when 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 a group of different nationalities get together, a lot of time will be spent on on language courses. I, I think uh, during the during the winter, anyway. So. Uh, we everybody in in Torsby, when we got together now uh, everybody tried to learn some some of the main main uh, like sentences or or phrases in in each other's languages so um and hopefully during winter we can in the races we can communicate in estonian so nobody will understand what what we are planning so that's the goal well estonian is kind of close to finnish i mean they they related those two languages so maybe terhian terhian and 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 velimatikan (laughs) or you can communicate with with those two you know with the secret language 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think we'll figure out some phrases uh, during during the races if we if we can implement some some race tactics. So uh, we'll we'll see uh, see about that. But uh, it's it's really good to see. I think it's really good that we uh, use English and uh, and. And we talk uh, even even when we are talking uh, in a group of maybe the same nationalities, and somebody else is just uh, let's say two Estonians are talking to each other, but uh, then we also talk English when somebody else from different nationalities in the room. So we try to keep them in the in the loop all the time, with uh, so that nobody feels uh, left out, and we kind of build uh, this team into into one it certainly is a richness uh, to have lots of different nationalities and and it brings a certain kind of a flavor you mentioned that you've been part of this mosquito classics this is your fourth year now but when you look at this brand or the the tour the pro tour itself uh, from the pro team's uh, perspective when you first stepped in, let's start from there. When you first stepped in, was it exactly what you expected or was it a little bit of a uh, maybe surprising or what was your kind of first impression when you started doing long distance skiing and Visma Ski Classics? Mm, it's a good good question. Like initially I didn't, didn't really know anything about it, but I think the biggest surprise of it uh, for, for me was how how welcoming and how how good this series is in a sense that uh, you whether you are the only Estonian in in the series and come maybe from a, from a smaller team you never feel left out so I think Wisma Ski Classics really does a really good job of uh, of uh, making everybody feel at home and uh, and they. They make each of each of the athletes feel special. I think uh, that's that's a really unique unique thing, and uh, at least this is my my point of view on on this. And uh, maybe maybe some of the athletes feel different, but I have uh, I I love the series, and uh, I wouldn't see me doing like anything else. I love the security that you have, hundred uh, percent fixed calendar that you can race as an athlete. Uh, you never have to qualify for any of the races. You can just register. You know exactly how your winter is going to be planned. Uh, so that's a huge uh, stress relief as an athlete. So you can really be certain on 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 what's coming next. And that's that's also something maybe that. Uh, for example, the World Cup does not have, so you you don't really know if you can take part of uh, take part in 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 the World Cup races or not. Uh, and the and the the races itself, you know, every every race is unique. The scenery is always amazing, and uh, and the okay. Last year it was, you know, we didn't have any any amateur skiers and any any public but if if the races are taking taking uh, place as normal then the atmosphere is always really really amazing and and you see and you interact with so many different people that have so different connection with skiing and it brings kind of this uh, it makes you understand that it's not 
only about uh, results and and performing. It's uh, it's so much more than uh, than just getting the victory. You're right. We often talk about this family kind of bond or family atmosphere that we have in Visma Ski, Ski Classics. And lots of things are happening every year. New things are introduced. Last season, as a good example, two races back to back, 100K race. We have the challengers, uh, my pages, their ranking list. Uh, so many things are constantly happening. Now the whole media side of things uh, and all these sites that we have. Is there anything that again, from an athlete's perspective, that you would like to see in, in Visma Ski Classics? Or do you see that it's a perfect as it is right now? Mm, I think uh, it's, uh, it is it is really good as it is set up. And I like that uh, new things have been implemented each each year. And this year we will have uh, shorter races, 15K individuals or... We are. Uh, this is this is going to be a fun fun new aspect of it, and uh, and so yeah, back to back races. That was a really really interesting one and tough. Uh, I think really tough uh, mentally, although physically it it didn't feel that bad at all. So that was a huge surprise. But uh, it's hard when you have done like a huge push on on one day, and then you know that you have to do the same the other. And the races and the weather on the next day was uh, was totally crazy, and it had to be rescheduled. So it was an interesting weekend in in Volodal and in that sense. Uh, so I think Visma is really good in taking in the feedback that uh, people are giving them, and they try to make make the best series for for everybody. Uh, Maybe there could be skating races uh, that would be fun, uh, but uh, once uh, like on the other side, it's really good to focus on on double polling and and improve that. So it's hard to say what could be better. Uh, I think right now I don't I don't see it uh, it like that any other. Uh, series of of skiing races can compete with Visma Ski Classics, and there are some skating races in the Challengers series, of course. And uh, but then, before we end this particular segment uh, of of the podcast, Tartu Tartu Ski Marathon, you know, it's coming back. That's got to be a really dear and uh, subject <laughs> to you. You're pretty happy about it, correct? That your race. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course, and uh, I I hope that we as a team had a had a part to play in it uh, coming back to the to the series, and uh, I think we influenced it in in a positive direction. And uh, now it's a great race, and uh, the track is really high pace, uh, lots of uh, up and downs. Uh, I think it's a playful race, and I think all the all the skiers will will really love it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I've done the race myself many times. It has a really nice course. The only problem is, of course, the kind of the snow situation. It's uh, not that secure in terms of snow, but perfect place, great race, definitely. So, yeah, it will be. Hopefully, the the winter gods will be on our side. Uh, last year it was really good. So, um, so you never never know. So I hope that 
it can take place in the ori original track and the the whole 63 kilometers and uh, and our team has to has to win to defend so we will do our best to make sure that we are able to do that and next we'll talk about training your training and skiing in estonia Mart, Kevin, let's start with this Estonia first, your country. Small country, next to Finland, kind of a neighbor countries. We are neighbor countries. Language is kind of the same. And I know that skiing, cross-country skiing has been big in your country, just like in Finland or anywhere in Scandinavia. You had big names in the past. But what's going on right now? You have your team, but in terms of the whole Nordic skiing scene? Uh, I think Estonia is... A little bit rebuilding itself as a as a skiing country, trying to leave behind the the, the things that have happened uh, a couple years a couple years ago. So uh, we are trying to turn new pages, and I think this uh, this Visma Ski Classics team uh, is a really great opportunity to do that, and we try to be uh, path makers with this team, try to bring more positive energy into the sport and uh, and show what uh, skiing is, is all about and uh, and make people love this sport once again. And, uh, and last winter you could see uh, how big actually skiing is because all of the tracks around Estonia were filled with people and everybody was enjoying this perfect winter that we had. So uh, so skiing is still in the hearts of uh, of everybody here in Estonia. Uh, of course it has been hard with the with the lack of snow on on some of the years and maybe this is the biggest challenge that we have is in in keeping the skiing alive is is how the snow will be. I think this is the most worrisome you know issue right now uh, because we do have some really good people working with kids and and uh, and so i think uh, we will have uh, top class athletes uh, in the olympics this year and uh, or this season uh, we have the team in in visma ski classic so we are doing uh, a good job uh, we are a small country but uh, i think Skiing will be in the hearts of uh, of Estonians for for a long time. I hope uh, depends. I, I feel a little bit on the snow conditions. So, but the but yeah, the, all the track and maintenance and uh, and this ha is really amazing in Estonia. And uh, every little city has their own snow uh, snow machines or or the artificial snow machines and uh, there's a lot of effort put into maintaining this uh, physical activity in the winter and uh, and I feel like if we continue on building this then then skiing will will still continue to be a, a great great sport here and just to clarify when you said that you're trying to leave things behind you are referring to the unfortunate doping scandals uh, we're not going to talk about those but your Team, you just mentioned that it's a one step. It's a one thing that could um, enhance uh, the kind of the situation in your country. How much publicity have you guys actually gained in your country? Your team. Uh, 
It's a good question. In 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 my mind, uh, we have done a, a really good job, and Tartu Marathon has played a huge part on this. Uh, but of course, I I would hope that uh, the skiing community would would see Visma Ski Classics as being a, a bigger part of of skiing, and uh, and more youngsters from Estonia would want to start the, their long distance skiing careers a little bit earlier rather than seeing this as a afterthought after your uh, maybe your World Cup career has has ended or, or, or something like that so uh, we need to still work on this mentality switch uh, and uh, and you know make Visma Ski Classics and especially like long distance skiing and actually a more attractive sport and uh, and I really hope that um, that there are will be young athletes uh, looking at our team right now looking at yes that sounds like a awesome place to be and we want to and want to con- like train together uh, so we're we are trying to bridge some of the gaps that might be in the Estonian sports uh, situation or not not situation in a say but like try to help uh athletes younger athletes to continue on this athletic journey and not have to maybe go to find another job or or then even if they need to find a job then we can maybe find a solution that can actually support their sporting career and and still be an athlete and working on the side this is what this company and team is actually founded on and uh, and what we want to encourage people that uh, you can still be an athlete and and work at the same time you don't have to be 100% uh, an athlete to be uh, in in the top of your sport so it's always good to have some social uh, security and have a stable income coming that makes everything a little bit stress-free or less stressful and then you can maybe even more and a little bit better focus on on your on your athletic uh, prowess and uh, and be a, a good athlete that is a good point in Visma Ski Classics uh, we have athletes that are completely professional and then we have as you guys like you guys what i call semi professionals you know serious skiers but still for working full time this is probably the only tour where you can do that at World Cup. You have to be a World Cup skier. Over here, you can still work and be part of this and be competitive and do well. So that's definitely a, a big difference. Speaking of the youth or young skiers, even kids, what kind of system do you have in your country? Like in Scandinavia or also in Finland, we have ski clubs. We have lots of, you know, teams for young peoples to kind of build up. But how is that structured or organized in your country? Um, I think every every city has uh, has their own ski club, so uh, or or even or even smaller places. So we have uh, like the same system, I believe that uh, we have the national ski association that is kind of overseeing everything, and then uh, we have ski clubs operating and and trying to bring in as many kids as possible because. Uh, you know, skiing is competing with uh, a lot of other sports, so you have to stay attractive uh, to to stay alive in in a sense as a as a ski club or or even uh, 
so I think uh, the ski clubs and everybody is doing a really good job on on keeping the kids active, uh, smiles on their faces, and that's that's really the most important thing that we actually continue to bring in yeah kids from kindergartens from from the first first grades that they actually find the passion for skiing because it can be a little bit trickier later in the in in, in life. Your country is a small country and uh, I assume it might be a little bit difficult to find good places to train. There aren't that many hills. Otepa, of course, is a good location. Uh, but generally speaking, how do you, I mean, do you find good places to train for uh, skiing in your country or is it the Otepa Primasti, the only location where you can do effective mm. sessions? I think it really depends on the on the sessions. We have a really good network of uh, pike paths. I think might might be the word for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, so you can really roller ski all around Estonia. That's not an issue, I think. And uh, and uh, but of course uh, we don't have that kind of uh, big climbs that you can you know continuously work uh, against against the against the hill and uh, and uh, do long interval sessions uphill uh, like we did in the camp in in Torsby. so you have to be creative uh, you have to you, you have to make the best of what you have uh, in 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 Tartu where I live there is basically no hills so a lot of it is is work on the flat and uh, and maybe this is something that uh, I need to figure out how to become better at uh, the uphill work and um, so uh, there needs to be uh, you, you know there are solutions to it uh, either you fix uh, fix an gradient on your on your ski erg and you're on on those with roller skis or uh, or there are always i feel solutions you just have to want it bad enough so you can really make it happen i don't uh, think you can uh, really hide behind the fact that maybe estonia doesn't have the biggest hills or, or the hardest tracks uh, i think uh, if you really want to become a top athlete you can you can do it from everywhere i think maybe just the snow snow factor is is the most important but during summer i think it's uh, it's it's really good uh, training conditions here in estonia also so let's elaborate on that because you're right i mean there are lots of ski good skiers coming from areas or places Without any health, for example, here in Finland, uh, Pohjanmaa, Norrbotten uh, is a place, Juhamieto, for example, comes from a place with, with no hills. And he was one of the best skiers in the world. And not just him, even Mika Müllula way back, uh, same thing. Uh, so you have to be creative, as you said. But in your case, what have you done? What could those solutions be? What kind of trainings do you do or you plan to do to compensate the lack of hills? Mm, I think you just need to perhaps use use slower roller skis and uh, and uh, luckily Visma Ski Classics is is mostly all about double pulling, uh, so you can do a lot of strength work to compensate maybe not having these uh, difficult hills. Uh, so 
you can you can figure out a lot of different ways and and be efficient uh, in 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 that way and still the technique work and we have hills long enough to do uh, to do that and you can still learn how to how to do it right technically so uh, i think you don't really really have to worry about that but uh, maybe just the longer intervals uh, we could uh, maybe one thing that we do not have is a, a roller ski treadmill uh, that would really help uh, help a lot in in finding the finding the hills uh, artificially then to, to just uh, grind up on so uh, that would be maybe one solution and uh, but I have never felt that uh, I, I don't have the opportunities to make the necessary work. Uh, I think I, I always have uh, had the opportunity to make make all the all the trainings and, and things that I, I need to do it just maybe would be a little bit easier uh in a in a sense in in some other locations but uh, i don't feel like you'd really hide behind that and uh Bear, i think has one of the nicest roller ski tracks in in the world it's uh really well maintained six kilometers of uh smooth pavement uh, so awesome training conditions in in Otepe. otherwise the Russian national team would not go there. So that shows already something. That is a good segue uh, for us to start talking about your training uh, per se. How do you train? Well, that's a broad question, of course, but sort of your ge general philosophy in training. Uh, I think my, my training philosophy is... Uh, do everything as high quality as possible and uh, and I have grown out of the mentality that you need to do a certain amount of hours uh, maybe it has changed because of the fact that I'm working full time now and I, I, I and I really need to plan uh, each each minute of my day to to make sure that I get things done so um uh, of course, there are some things you have to do. You have to have long double polling sessions. Otherwise, your body will not be ready for that in the winter uh, intervals. So I think there's nothing too, <laughs> too new to bring into the table. I, everybody, I believe that most of people know how to train. It's just uh, finding the right balance of uh, of things uh, in in life and in training in, in general and then you have to find what's good for you uh, I, I believe i have found that uh, I, I love to do strength training i love to do conditioning uh, in the in the gym uh, and uh, and work on the weaknesses that maybe that uh, i do have uh, so and and build even more on the on the strengths that i have uh, i have good strength uh, capabilities i'm i'm quite fast uh, i used to be a sprinter before coming into the visma ski classic scene uh, so uh, i know what are my uh, best qualities uh, and i know what uh, i need to work on uh, i need to be really 
in, in a good shape with VO2 max to to uh, race against the best in the world and uh, and and uh, right now my my daily training routine routine and working routine combine in, into one uh, so uh, one enhances the other and and uh, I believe like uh, at the moment I have a good balance and uh, it seems to be working for me because I have been progressing uh, each year I have been getting better results so uh, we'll see if it uh, if it happens this year also at least I feel that I'm I'm moving in the right direction and uh, this year uh, we did the Ironman with the team uh, as a team relay, so I, I cycled a lot. That was a, maybe a new new part of this year's training. Last year I did the roller ski trip around Estonia uh, in in eight days. I did uh, over a thousand kilometers, so a little bit similar to what you did this year, Demo. <laughs> All right, good. We're <laughs> we're buddies. <laughs> yeah, in that sense, a little bit crazy, <laughs> us both. So. Uh, so that uh, that uh, last year was uh, was a good base. I had did a really good amount of hours, and uh, uh, that was a real challenge. But I had to. I don't know how it was for you, but I, I really had to recover quite some time after that. Uh, so um, we'll see how how that how the training uh, training progresses in 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 the in the fall. Uh, some harder sessions this summer has been. Building the base a little bit for for the for the fall, uh, so I hope to be in in top shape already in in Orsa, and I'm really happy that the timeline between the first individual prologue and the actual marathon racing starting is is a little bit shorter this year. I think it's uh, good gives 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 me at least a chance to really make sure that I am ready for the winter. So since you're into these kind of extreme uh, undertakings or um, endeavors, challenges, maybe next year we can, do, the next summer we can do something really crazy and ski across uh, another country, a bigger country than Finland, <laughs> Finland or Estonia. <laughs> are you up for, are you ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely talk about it. Uh, we have been thinking about, uh, or I have been thinking about what can be the next challenge, but uh, this year I didn't uh find anything I, I i was thinking about doing a 24-hour challenge uh but uh but it kind of fell through so uh maybe maybe next year we have to find something then like roller skiing across norway or something yeah or even even a bigger country but yeah we'll talk about that later but you mentioned that you don't really count the hours anymore but that is something that people tend to do can i did how many hours do you train per week or a month or uh, a year so on so on, on average what kind of figures do you have i mean do you train i know that you are combining your training with uh, a full day of working but what are the kind of the your parameters there yeah so last year i did 850 hours of uh, of training uh, that is a lot you know if you're working that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was quite a lot of uh, training hours, uh, but the, rip, the trip around Estonia contributed uh, contributed to that quite Tell nicely. Tell me about also. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was a 
good bonus uh, to get get the number high. Uh, this year the training numbers uh, have not been that high. I think seventy hours in the in the summer months uh, compared to last year. I did uh, almost ninety to one hundred, and so it has been a little bit less. Um, so it will be interesting to see how how the shape and how how everything will work out uh, in the winter but uh, i'm counting on, on on a really good fall now and i'm luckily really motivated uh, with the new team and the new season coming up so it i will i will still try to push as as much as i can even maybe if the work day or the working life uh, does not allow it. So yes, I, I don't really count the hours that much anymore. I just have a have a focus for the session. And if I complete that, then I don't, it doesn't matter for me if it's, uh, if, uh, if on the plan it was two hours, but I have done one and a half, then I, then I feel okay within myself to stop. And I don't have to do that, uh, you know, extra thirty minutes just because it was on the on the training plan. So uh, trying to evolve as a <laughs> as an athlete a little bit uh, and not stress about all the little things, but still trying to make sure that the focus is uh, at the right place. But how do you schedule your your training? So, in other words, what is your training program? Do you have different types of weeks, strength week, uh, maybe then endurance week, interval week, or do you kind of follow the same format where you have maybe two or three interval session, sessions per week, one long? There are so many different variations, but what's yours? Yeah, so far I have been doing this uh, three work, three weeks of uh, focus on, on training and one week then uh, easy. Uh, and uh, depending on week, uh, there there is uh, either more focus on uh, on the on on intervals. Uh, maybe one week is is more focused on on uh, on just uh, uh, like uh, getting the volume up. So getting a lot of, uh, not a lot of, but getting uh, two, three longer sessions in. Uh, but the whole year has been like, I always make a yearly plan and uh, there are different uh, strength development, uh, speed development, endurance development. So there are different types of uh, things that I'm looking out for, uh, what I want to uh, develop in one, one month or one uh, like uh, in one period of time uh, so and as it gets closer to the season then more uh, more towards uh, uh, max strength explosive strength uh, working on the nervous system a little bit and uh, and uh, getting the uh, body ready for a, for a races. So what are the qualities that you have worked on the most this particular year? The things that you have been trying to improve? Uh, well, last year I saw that, uh, that my biggest weakness uh, has been getting going from the start. Uh, last year in Vasilop at the Marshallonga, the, the starts are always the hardest sections for me. So 
I have been really focusing on getting the uphill uh, technique a little bit more efficient, uh, easygoing, and, uh, and more sufficient, more efficient. So uh, I want to be in a better pl- position when when the race uh, gets gets going, and uh, and hopefully with this I can I can be. Uh, in the groups uh, when the when the when the race then evolves into into more high speed actions and I'm not that back far in the group that I don't have the opportunity to uh, get away with the with the leading group so what are perhaps the sessions that you've done lately that you feel are the most effective that afterwards you feel like oh, this was a good training uh well, for example, last training camp we we did the uh, Tosseberg climb uh, near Torsby six times. Uh, like it's a the people that have been there know how how hard it is. I think there's some sections of twenty uh, percent gradient, so uh, that was a real real tough challenge for me. And uh, and double polling on that hill was uh, was definitely a new. Uh, new challenge for me and I don't it was good to push together with the team otherwise uh, doing it alone I feel that uh, sometimes it it can be a little bit difficult so that's why it's good to get together at least with some teammates uh, that we have here in in Tartu then we try to do it uh, together the really hard sessions in, in the fall so uh, it's good to push each other, and uh, that that always helps us uh, develop even even more. Um, and I I do uh, quite a few sessions on on skier inside uh, uh, that are focused on lactate tolerance, uh, doing repeated sprints uh on on a on a 15 minute intervals uh doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off uh or or something even more complex uh, than that but uh i like hard interval sessions that uh, i can really focus on on the technique and uh, and uh, push myself uh, as much as possible so let's talk about that a little bit more. The hard sessions, the interval sessions. You mentioned that. Just give us an example. There's so many variations there as well. People tend to do really short ones all the way up to the six times ten minutes or three times ten, uh, three times twenty minutes, and so forth. What are you sort of your typical, particularly on roller skis or on skis? Uh, what are your typical interval sessions? And what pace is that the threshold, or do you sometimes go even faster? Uh, I think during the summer and and build up season, I I tend to do them on uh, threshold. Uh, it really depends if uh, uh, what type of training it is. Uh, I can do uh, from three times thirty minutes threshold to. Uh, four times four minutes, uh, maybe a little bit above threshold. Uh, but uh, one of my favorites that I have done this year is uh, three times eighteen minutes. Uh, and uh, and if I remember correctly, then I did seventy uh, seconds on, twenty seconds off. So 
uh, a small interval, a little bit within the interval itself. So uh, 70 seconds on with the race speed, 20 seconds rest, then 70 seconds again, 20 why seconds. Se why 17 seconds? That's kind of interesting. Why 70. not 20? Oh, 70. 70. Oh, third, 17. Oh, 70. Yeah. 70 seconds. Yeah, uh, 70. One minute. One, one minute and 10 seconds. Right. Uh, yes, yes. yes. Exactly. And then 20 seconds. Yeah, slow. so it's like uh, one and a half minute and then it, uh, one and a half minute, like small interval within the 18 minutes. And then I did it three times. And it's usually on, the, I do that on flat terrain to really uh, push on the on the technique and try to maximize the speed and work on the on the speed. Why why not uh, 60 60 seconds one minute th uh, 30 seconds why why is, why minute a minute and 10 <laughs> seconds and 20 is it is there a reason for it? Uh, I don't know uh, <laughs> exactly why if it could be I have done uh, a variance of it uh, that I have changed the uh, the intervals of the of the on off uh, moments during during the session or or I have like uh, 30 30 20 10 so it it really depends uh, but this specific training is uh, is just uh, to work on the flat speed and uh, be able to uh, go with the pace changes that happen during Wisma Ski Classics races a lot and uh, and you need to be able to go together with the with the changes of pace uh, in the in the races and you think that 20 seconds is uh, long enough for a some kind of a recovery it's a very short time after a long it's a, it's a very short time and uh, and uh, that usually goes by really really fast so uh, it, it just you you drop the pace a little bit and then you go again so um, yeah it's a it's a hard session so uh, these I don't do uh, that much and uh, and it uh, but yeah you do, you do that for 18 minutes is that what you said the whole yes yeah. uh, three times 18 minutes so that's a hard session and you do it uh do it uh, three times yeah 18 minutes with 70 seconds work 20 seconds rest that is a tough training that is a, as i can i can see one session but doing three of those that's that's quite taxing you know that's exhausting <laughs> yeah and uh, of course what i what i also do is uh, is the classic Vasapas trainings uh, that have been getting maybe more and more popular. I don't know, see, at least seems for me. But so uh, a long uh, interval session, like a long training session with intervals between. And, uh, and Do you have a typical Vasapas training uh, or does it uh, vary? Uh, it varies a little bit. Uh, one of them is... is made to implement or or imitate uh, the actual race of Vasalopet. So the start of the training is is hard. Uh, depends on the on the terrain a little bit, but usually try to start on the on a up, uphill section. Uh, and uh, so trying to the training is is built to kind of yeah, imitate the race flow that that it usually has. Uh, so that's one of them. And then there's also Long interval session with uh, with 
sprint point imitations in in between so uh working working uh doing a four or five hour uh training session with uh depends a little bit from from five to six uh sprint point uh imitations in in the middle uh where you f- build up the speed and then go max max out in in the into the sprint point and where do you usually do that in otepa yeah these are usually in in otepa they have the best best terrain and the roads for that so these are these are good training sessions to do to get with with somebody so uh, usually i try to find a friend at least to maybe assist uh, during this training so it uh, seems to me that you are very clear on what what your goals are and how you how to train and so forth. You do your own training programs, but do you follow or do you listen to, for example, our podcasts uh, or read articles about the, uh, what the other skiers are doing? And are you influenced by that, or you just stick with your own regime, so to speak? Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely influenced a lot, and uh, each. Paul, I, I really look into it, into what I am doing and, and reasoning why it is, uh, why I'm doing it this way or, or that way. So, so I try to uh, learn all the time as an athlete and as a coach, since I'm making uh, training plans for, for some of the teammates that I have uh, within the team. Uh, that has grown me a lot as an athlete as, as as well because I had to really look into what I am doing and why uh, these things are maybe good and these uh, things are not. Uh, so I try to evolve as a coach, team director and an athlete all at the same time. So it's a trifecta of things maybe and uh, uh, I just uh, read articles that have been published uh, in in some universities talk to other athletes uh, other athletes within different sports uh, cycling for example so uh, try to i try to see things from different perspectives and then try to put together one that might suit me uh, whether it will work out that will that we will see in the in the winter speaking of cycling we had a really interesting and great podcast with uh, matthias rek last week and of course he's coming from the cycling world and he has integrated those certain type of philosophies and training methods uh, into uh, cross-country skiing what about you since you have talked to cyclists have you learned anything from from them or have you incorporated any of their training methods into yours Mm, yeah i think like the work that they are doing on their uh, longer sessions uh, this this is really valid for me unfortunately i haven't listened to last week's podcast uh, but uh, now, now I definitely will. It will be an interesting, uh, interesting listening. So uh, I try. Uh, I'll, I yeah, it's hard to say what I exactly put in from from the cycling world, but uh, I I try to understand how they are building up things, and uh, of course, it's 
very different uh, for for me as an athlete that is working full time uh, don't have five five or four or five hours every day to just go out on a long session uh, so cycling is uh, for me at least a little bit different uh in 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 that way um but some of the some of the things that they they do uh really think are, are good and i have taken them into my own training plan uh so and i since i cycled quite a lot uh, for the ironman training then i i, I did some of the sessions with uh, with cyclists so uh that was an interesting uh, eye opener and they and i think even previously i did uh similar things so i didn't have to really really change too much so i have been keeping kind of the same formula that i have had now for for a couple of years and try to uh do that that has been bringing success so far uh, for me personally so i'm i haven't really done anything too drastic uh, to what has been done previously one thing that i've been really happy about uh as being a host of of usha to levy and formerly living to to levy is the kind of the openness that you guys have all of you pro team athletes and coaches you talk about the training because i think that's very interesting for our listeners to learn more about how you guys train and what kind of training methods and sessions you do uh, so that they can learn and and try to find their own way uh, of of training and of course doing Abyssma Ski Classics uh, races. But next, we'll talk about you as a person. If we were to take a time machine, hop on a time machine, and travel back to the time when you were not born, but when you were a kid. And we opened uh, the door to your living room or bedroom. What would we see? So, what kind of a kid were you? Uh, <laughs> well, um, as an Estonian, I think uh, I have been uh, quite a quiet person uh, when you maybe compare uh, to some other nationalities uh, but I started skiing uh, quite young I, I was seven years old when I went to the first training session in in my local ski ski club that I, I'm still part of uh, and uh, at that that point of time uh, you know skiing was really huge in Estonia with a lot of big names medals being won and uh, and I think everybody wanted to do that and uh, and I at the same time I started football also so I did two sports a little bit at the same time and tried to I tried some other other sports also like swimming so but uh, but uh, skiing was the one that really stick with me and uh, had a really good group of friends to train with and uh, and we're still really good friends still so so that was uh that was maybe why i i have been in skiing uh, for for the whole of my life uh and i at some point uh during high school i i realized that maybe sprinting is is the way to go and uh, i started training together with 
with a with a good friend of mine now, Kainenaste. Uh, he he picked me up uh, when I when I was was finishing high school and we trained together for for a couple of years. Uh, then he was a coach of mine uh, for for some time, and uh, and now. Now I'm in the in the Visma Ski Classic scene, and uh, and of course, uh, it has been a, an interesting challenge to come from a, from a sprint skier uh, to a long distance one. But I feel the the progression and the and the transition has been actually quite natural and nothing too too special or not not anything too thric- tricky to implement into into the training sessions so how well did you do in sprint skiing mm, i was in the in the top in 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 estonia uh but i didn't really have any any two major breakthroughs in, in the world stage i have been in the in the world autoper world cup uh, now a couple of times uh and the last times I've been, when I have been doing the Visma Ski Classics uh, races, so uh, diagonal on on those seasons <laughs> has not been the focus point. So that that, that has been interesting. But uh, to be honest, I have never been like really, really like a, like winning athlete or that I'm you know far ahead of the competition. I have always been. Here and there, like in the top, uh, in the top five, top three, uh, but uh, but I don't know. Somehow, skiing uh, is still a part of my life, and uh, and it has gotten me to a place that I can do what I'm doing now, and that's that's really uh, really fun to think about. And and last year I I, uh, I fulfilled one of my biggest goals. Uh, in, in skiing, I won Tartu Marathon, uh, and uh, that was a real milestone for me uh, to be uh, again an Estonian winner after 16 years uh, of of foreign winners in Tartu Marathon. So uh, I'm I'm really happy I could pull it off, and now I'm a part of uh, the history books of Tartu Marathon and have left like a like a mark in the history of skiing in Estonia. Uh, did you become a, like a local hero by winning it? <laughs> I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> but I think that we might see in, in some time. But uh, no, the feedback on it, on it was really good. Uh, and uh, and it's it's fun to see how how important uh, Tartu Martin is to everybody in Estonia. So... Uh, even even if I maybe would have won uh, Marshallonga, then people in Estonia would have not cared as much as I won Tartu Marta. <laughs> You're still young. You were born in 1994, so you still have many years to to do well. Uh, this is actually a good time to take a quick look at your results. A lot of people may uh, wonder from last year. So uh, if we go back to the season, season 11, so you finished uh, 33rd at La, Di- La Diagonela, then 40. Third, Topla Cortina, 39th, Machalonga, Vasalopet, 69th, uh, Volodalsrennet, you talked about those races a bit, uh, 56th, Tos Osen Criterium, 64, uh, 51st, and then Orefes Lopet, really well, 39th. So pretty even, I mean, you up there, pretty close to the top 30. 
uh, on, on a good day? Yeah, I think the last season was really, really st stable. I didn't have uh, have really any drops off, drop offs in the in the form, and uh, and I performed okay at at all of the races. I think the best race for me um, with the feeling and everything was Marcia Longa. Uh, I was. I was really happy with the result there, and uh, and Ladugenela in the in the blistering cold of minus twenty five. I managed to do do good there also. So um, uh, so it, it was a good season in a in a, in a way. Uh, so maybe maybe some part of the of the races that I could have done a little bit better to maybe get a little bit better results but uh, all in all I think I, I can me as an athlete can really look back on 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 last year as a with a good feeling and and uh, maybe Vasalopet was the only one that I felt a little bit disappointed with uh, but because I had I had good skis. Uh, everything was really, you know, working uh, in 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 that sense. But I, I just wasn't able to perform on the first climb. I was, I think, uh, two hundred on on top of the first checkpoint. Uh, I don't know what happened there. Uh, so all the other parts of the race was just getting back into into some groups and uh, and. Uh, uh, and yeah, the Orefjell Loppet that, that was a really, really special one. Uh, maybe the hardest race I have ever done uh, with the slow, quite slow conditions and uh, and really hard track. Uh, so it was a, a real, real challenge to cap off the season with. But you did really well, as you said. But since skiing's been part of your life throughout but what about the other side? I mean, how did you end up having this job? You must have gone through university and so forth just to to be a professional. Uh, yeah, I have been. I, I started uh, my university studies just here in Tartu. I finished a bachelor degree in, in economics. Uh, then I was uh, one year in the in the military. And uh, and then after that, I went to study innovation and technology management uh, here in in Tartu also. Uh, and after school, I I started working part time in a in a small business consulti consultancy firm here in here in Tartu. So I have been mixing uh, mixing school or work and and skiing uh, all my life so i think it's kind of natural for me to to work uh, besides skiing and last year then in in the in the summer of uh, 2020 uh, i was given this opportunity to do join this new company nordic jobs worldwide and uh, and the rest is history <laughs> if, if you can say that so um i didn't really uh, see myself as a recruiter, uh, but the everyday everyday work of it is really interesting, and you get to talk with a lot of different people. And you, at the end of the day, you help people find jobs, uh, and they are always super grateful for that. And that you can 
it's fun to see that you can actually influence someone's life in, in such a huge way and uh, that you give them a new job or in a new location. So as a student at uh, Tartu University, that must have been a great place to be. I know that it's a, it's a great university city, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, and the, and the, the course that I did in master's was an international one, so I already... Uh, met a lot of people from different countries and uh, and uh, it was a new course or a new master's program uh, and it really challenged me and uh, and I think the finding like finally writing my master thesis was one of the one of the biggest accomplishments of of my life so <laughs> I can be proud of that and uh, and uh, it has been really really fun to see how this uh, the skiing thing has evolved together with uh, with uh, school and work. Uh, of course, there were moments that I thought that uh, my skiing career would uh, would come to an end, uh, but somehow, always new opportunities have presented it, uh, themselves to me. Uh, when I went to the military for for one year, then I thought it was uh, was over. Uh, but after that. Uh, I was introduced to Visma Ski Classics. I got onto a Norwegian team, Team Sunfell, and uh, and then then I have been part of the skiing, you know, once again with a with a little bit of a fresh start in a sense. So uh, I have always been able to keep the excitement up uh, of of skiing and sports for myself, and maybe that that's why I have always been. Uh, connected with skiing. So was your, or did you write your uh, master thesis in English and what was it about? Uh, yes, I did write it in English. Uh, no wonder you speak good English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, program was was in English and, uh, and uh, my master thesis was, uh, I have to remember now, but I think it was uh, corruption detection in public procurement processes. So uh, I tried to, uh, or even successfully implemented a machine learning algorithm to detect, to detect corruption in public, public procurement cases here in Estonia. Um, I developed a, a system of uh, red flags that can be you know potential risks for corruption in 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 some of the uh, procurement uh, cases that have been looking at some older data and and comparing that to that so yeah this was an, uh, an not, interesting yeah interesting not an easy failure. subject <laughs> not an easy one but i really set myself up for a challenge but i did it and uh, and, and yeah it was Thankfully, I had a really supportive, uh, how do you say it, uh, advisor on the on the thesis. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was a fun, fun, fun period of time and really stressful one also, but uh, worked out the best. So you must be into technology and artificial intelligence, digitalization, you know, these kind of things. If your thesis were a bit about that. Yeah, the course or the program that I did was uh, focused on innovation and technology management. Uh, so we had uh, quite a lot of courses about uh, 
digital business optimization and uh, and uh, and then we had also this data analytics course uh, from where I got inspiration for for this thesis uh, and I liked the idea of it and kind of connected to to what I would like to find out uh, how how this can can work and uh, and that's how, and that's how it came and uh, of course right now I'm not working uh, exactly on 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 this field i'm doing something totally different uh, but uh, i hope that someday i can put it all together and uh, and use it to my advantage so what is actually your dream job if you leave skiing skiing aside well i i still think like uh, somehow it could be connected to the sports uh, my my dream uh, would be to, right now at least, would be to continue to build this team and and see where it takes us. Uh, I I really am happy right now with the with the situation, and I don't see uh, the flexibility that I have with the current job. I can do it all over the world uh, with my with my phone and my computer. Uh, during races, uh, race uh, in the Alps, I can just sit uh, behind the desk and start working. I don't have to be in an, in an office or or so. Um, this is something really really special in a sense, and uh, and uh, and I love it. Uh, the flexibility and the ability to be an athlete at the same time. Uh, there are not many companies uh, that that offer this, and uh, so. I haven't really thought too much into the future, trying to take it uh, as a goal. Of course, I have some dreams, uh, but uh, they might change also. So you never know. So besides uh, being passionate about skiing and being technologically savvy and having a good job right now, what else should we know about you? Hmm. Uh, well, what do you do besides <laughs> all these things that you just uh, told us about? Well, since they, they, they take a, a huge chunk of my day, then, uh, then, um, of course I spend uh, as much time as possible with my, with my family, my girlfriend, uh, so trying to be as good a friend and, uh, and life partner as I, as I can. Uh, is she into skiing? Uh, no, not too much, but she follows the sport a lot, uh, and uh, and uh, I think she knows uh, surprisingly much about it. I think she knows all about the pro teams that uh, are racing and all about the athletes. So uh, so she's a huge fan, although she has not been skiing so much in it by herself, but uh, but she supports me really really well and uh, and I'm really thankful that I have somebody like that uh, to to be there in the in the tough moments so maybe when the races are not going as you hope then then the, the, there is somebody to help you during those uh, difficult times and what do you guys do you know when you take some time off when you're not racing uh well, everything, well, we try to be as active as possible, enjoy uh, 
story and nature uh, and and just be uh, be together and be away a little bit, little bit from from the distractions of uh, everyday uh, work or everyday life I try to connect a little bit and how did you guys meet uh, we met at a party <laughs> college yeah. parties huh <laughs> yeah yeah and exactly. uh, it was you or sh- who approached whom first <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, was it, it was, was me it, was it love at first, first sight uh I don't know exactly, but I think it was. Uh, I think I was the one that approached her. Uh, and to be honest, I think, or I, I know, like uh, at that when we first met, uh, she was still in a in a relationship with somebody else, and then 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 that, after that we we didn't talk for some time. But after that chapter ended for her, then we we connected again. So. <laughs> It kind of happened like this. So, what was your at that time when she was uh, available? What, what was your pickup line? Uh, I remember I was coming back from a ski camp in in Vokati and uh, and I and I just called her. Um, one of the most nervous phone calls maybe that I have ever made. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, now we are here, and it has been eight years. <laughs> That's a good story. A long time. Yeah. Good. But it's always important to have someone, uh, a shoulder to lean on, as you said there. Uh, life is not always uh, walking a park. You need uh, times that that you need support, you know, from uh, your girlfriends and family and so forth. Um, what else? What else is uh, uh, about you, I mean, that you would like to tell us? No, but now we know quite a lot about you, your skiing and your, you know, all that stuff. But is there any, like... You know, you seem to, at least to me, you sound very uh, uh, firm, kind of very solid guy. You know, it's uh, you're not. Um, you said you're not maybe the most outspoken per se, as you said, but uh, meaning that. You, but you're very, you know, um, uh, your feet on the ground, so to speak. But how would you describe yourself? Mm, yeah, of course, like. I want to be as, as grounded as as possible in in some sense, uh, but I'm definitely one guy that uh, wants to everything to go exactly as I as I planned in my head, uh, and um, I tend to worry uh, on 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 details. Uh, maybe that's why the team has been doing doing well. So I I want everything to be perfect and uh, everything to be thought out and be in my control uh, in, in a sense so that I I know that everything is happening the way I, I, I see it and um, I'm uh, it's always hard to describe myself but uh, I'm a trustworthy guy I, I, I get a <laughs> I, I get along with people easily. I can now with the work. I, I see that I, I I have a kind of sixth sense about people uh, and uh, and how they would not act, but how, for example, with, with the work, like how would they fit into the into the role? And uh, usually, my gut feeling on on a person is is pretty accurate to uh to think back now 
like all of the people that I have had a good feeling uh, always, you know, we, we find a solution together and we find them a job and, uh, and the positive positivity and the, and the feedback is really great. Uh, on some people that you don't have the gut best, best feeling on the, they tend to ghost you and not, not contact you again. So, um, uh, I think I'm going to be a pretty good person when it comes to understanding people and, uh, and, uh, so you're always the yeah, one to, to lend a hand. I don't know. Uh, I, I on the other hand, I'm not the most open person. I I, I tend to think and uh, analyze uh, everything within myself first, rather than maybe opening up. So um, it's it's uh, I always uh, try to be there for 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 the persons that uh, that might need my help, but uh, maybe I'm not super good at uh, recognizing this uh, at first when it's maybe not that obvious but you sound very humble humble you're not uh, um, uh, conceited or condescending at all uh, which is a, it's a good thing um, as a last thing uh, before we wrap up we talked about your kind of goals and stuff like that and your career and of course winning your own race started to marathon must have been a great goal for you but what is the kind of the biggest the ultimate dream or goal for you besides winning the Tartu marathon again uh, next <laughs> next winter but something that you or do you have a dream like that uh, as an athlete the goal is is to win uh, Vasa Lopet uh, but Maybe now these uh, these goals have intertwined a little bit with the team goals, uh, so uh, I feel that uh, I I have been letting a little bit maybe go of of my own personal goals and and do everything for the for the sake of the team and uh, try to uh, not see this as an as just an individual accomplishments or or like working working together with the team and uh, and building the success for the team uh, as a person i don't think too far ahead i have some points where i want to be maybe in 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 life and things i want to accomplish by some point but i i i don't think that I'm, I'm too much of a dreamer in, in, in that sense. Good. I mean, that, those are, that's always a good to kind of, as we said, uh, keep your feet on the ground, but have, you know, high goals in life. It's been really a pleasure talking to you, uh, Matt Kevin Polluste. I really wish you all the best and let's hope that you'll do well and your team uh, will do well uh, come the new winter, the new season. Thank you once again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a blast and you people out there once again thank you for joining us and as always i urge you to stay tuned for more episodes to come usha tulevi for now i thank you and bid you adieu and say goodbye this podcast is a w sports media production